it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. And here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not bailing on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Check it out. Charlemagne the God. The morning radio host who made headlines for calling out Hillary Clinton about the hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Oh, come on. You are so full of sh. Well, anyway, Charlemagne essentially taking the same approach to the Biden-Harris administration. Come on, man. True story. As we get underway today on a big Wednesday episode, Charlemagne the God now telling the black community that he regrets voting. For Biden and Harris. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Well, welcome to Whiteville, Charlemagne. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to be a part of Whiteville today, apparently uh, you can't be black unless you support Biden. You guys remember that old gag. Uh, but it's a big day on the show. Buckle up. A lot of news going to be made. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Be a Libertarian. Be an Independent. You can identify as a Golden Retriever. <laughs> Okay, seriously, you can identify as a goat. We don't care. Uh, Just don't be surprised if you get hit on by Hamas. But all we ever ask is that you don't be a That's it, man. This show launched on March 9th, 2020. Okay, March 9th, 2020. Funniest thing in the world. We're like, we're going to launch a show. It's going to be called Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's a stand-up comic. He tours the country. So here we are, March of 2020. We're going to send this show all over the country. Wrong. Okay, the country shut down five days after the show launched. That can't be good. Oh, but it got worse. We had a pandemic, which was day drinking and death counts, country melting down, going nuts, social distancing guidelines. Then, you know, we had Fauci coming in with the masks and the... Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. And then we had full-blown George Floyd race riots where the country was literally on fire, okay? And at one point, CNN described them as fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing I've ever watched. But the point is, for every second that this show has been a show, the world has been on fire, okay? The, every single day in the history of the show, we were baptized by fire as broadcasters. I have no formal background in broadcasting. Uh, a lot of people would point that out themselves when they listen to the show. They go, well, clearly this guy is not even the real host. He must have tied up the other guy. This is a pirate radio hostage situation, if anything. But the point is, for as long as I've been doing this show, okay, I say it to you when I meet you in person. I've met so many of you in person. I say it when I'm on TV. I say, listen, I'm like a, you know, I don't know if if I'm common, if I'm I'm a bit of an outlier. I don't know the answer, but I'm only strategically calibrated to do one version of this show, okay? And the version of the show, okay, is the one a lot of you have grown accustomed to, or some of you are listening for the first time out in KTTH in Seattle. It's our second day on your air. Hey, girl. Okay, but I get on the air every day. I don't do a conservative talk show. I do an American talk show. 
Okay, if you see me on TV hosting for Gutfeld, doing a much better job than him. Yeah, I said it. I'm kidding. being silly. But the point is, if you see me out there doing it, I'm not doing a conservative comedy show. I'm doing an American comedy show. I want everyone to be in on the joke. When you see me on the road, we're selling out big arenas. We're not saying, no, the libs can't come. No one, no one, no one, okay, is my enemy. Why? Because we live in America. We're all on the same team, okay? As the country goes, we go. We forget this a lot. You know, we do. We ostracize each other. We don't, you know, I'm not talking to them. They vote the other way. Mom, get them out of here. I don't want a liberal at my party. You book Jessica Tarloff, I'm never listening again. Like, that's not who we are. We're not people that are making entire value judgments based on someone else's politics because the news flashes and everyone's forgotten it in the social media age where everybody wants to be a shock jock so they can win the race to the top of Mount Clickmore. Everybody is completely forgetting about the fact, and this is the hardest reality of right now, okay? We are a team in this country. We're a liberal team. We're a Republican team, okay? And when push comes to shove, we need to work together. This could be a problem. It's a big problem because everyone has forgotten. Everyone has gotten to this place where they see the other side as their enemy because politics has become a team sport where you root for your party harder than your country. Why are you bringing this up, Jimmy? We hear this sermon all the time. What, are you going to pass around the collection plate after? Please give us money. No. Okay, the point I'm trying to make overlaps precisely with what we're hearing out of Charlemagne in the media today. Charlemagne, one of the most prominent media figures in black America, okay, is not bailing on the Biden administration, okay, because of identity politics, okay? He's not saying he regrets supporting Kamala Harris, okay, because of some superficial reason. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> yeah, like that would be a good example of it. <laughs> Actually, I could leave her for the laugh alone. You know when Kamala's talking about school buses and all of a sudden she just turns into Woody Woodpecker? <laughs> <laughs> I actually could bail on somebody over that. I probably could. But the point is there's a greater good aspect to what I'm doing in that I'm genuinely, because I care, and I'm, I might be stupid, I might be naive, I might be too new to this to know better, but I genuinely try to do the show every day in a way that gets people who don't agree with it to at least understand that I'm bargaining with you in good faith. I'm not a converter. I'm not here to create Republicans. I'm not here to create conservatives. Okay, you do so by default, by being fun and funny and making good points. I mean, if you were to talk about the late, great Rush Limbaugh, I mean, probably created more conservatives than anybody in history because he was so brilliant at articulating his views and explaining why conservatism ultimately provided the most freedom to everybody. Okay, he didn't look at America in specific groups, not black Americans or Latino Americans or Latin X. Remember when Democrats tried to get Latin X going? That was embarrassing. They're like, from now on, all the Latinos are going to call each other Latin X. Not even close. None of them did. They were like, we don't say this. This is white people telling us how to describe ourselves. This is embarrassing. Okay, but understand, somebody as brilliant as Rush or somebody who's just in my position, which is new and naive and filled with ambition, like I genuinely wants to help. I want to have an honest conversation. I don't care about bringing liberals onto the show, even if it upsets you guys, because I'm very comfortable defending my ideas. And when this is a country of ideas, we want to do it this way. Screw you. We want to do it this way. We debate and we come to a resolution of compromise 
that gives you a little bit of the Republican side, a little bit of the Democratic side, and we inch the ball forward in the name of progress. Are we doing that as a country now? The answer would be no. So understand, I say that. Why? Because when Charlemagne says he's bailing on Biden, he's not saying he's coming to the Republican Party. You know, he's not saying I'm all in on Trump or Nikki Haley gets the nomination. Get her out. Get her out of here. But the point is, even if it's somebody like Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. I do love Trump. I just wish he didn't hold back so much. But the point is, this isn't Charlemagne, okay, sending a wake-up call to the Democratic Party. And I know it reads that way, and it certainly comes across that way. And in a lot of regards, it is that way. But what we're really witnessing here is a full-throated acknowledgement that our current way of doing business in this country isn't working. People have been voting a certain way because they have been conditioned by society to do so. Okay, we've spent the last 40 years telling everyone who would listen, the Democrats are the party of black America. Okay, the Democrats tried to take the police away from black America. Their murder rates skyrocketed. And every one of the Democrats advocating for that had police protection while they were saying this. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. What? what? Would you shut up? This is the word? That's coming from the streets? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Seriously. Oh, the streets. You know where the crimes are being committed. Women are being raped and robbed and mugged. People don't feel safe going to the stores. Okay. No, no, let's defund the police. Because the, the people doing the raping and the robbing and the mugging, they don't like interacting with the police. So why don't we just get rid of the police? That's stupid. Use your common sense. But not only did they say it, but they said it with police protection surrounding them at all costs, at all times. Okay, but understand, did that make them an ally of the black community? The answer would be no. Look at the murder rates. Okay, right now, the open border that is crushing inner cities, so much so that the sanctuary cities who told us, no human being is illegal, we should be building bridges, not walls. Well, now, every one of those Democrats whose cities have been besieged with so many migrants that they're now canceling after-school programs for black kids, overwhelming inner-city schools with non-English-speaking students, giving away free health care in places like California for migrants who broke the law to get into this country. Okay, we're housing migrants, and we're letting veterans go homeless. Think about that. What's the message? If you fought for this country, you're on the streets. If you snuck in illegally, you're in the suites. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. But that's why Charlemagne is bailing. He's now paid enough attention to politics. Like, I'm trying to get him on this show. I'm trying to get him on TV on the nights I host. Okay, because I believe he's a guy that will have the conversation. He actually went on Rush Limbaugh's show once because I don't want to have the conversation of, see, Republicans are right. Listen, man. The Republicans suck right now. What the hell did you just say? No, I mean, they've had the House of Representatives for a year. They're not really getting anything done. Oh, we changed the markup process. We're investigating the Bidens. Listen, we want them to. I think the Bidens are a scam. I think there was interference in the 2020 election. But the point is, we don't owe politicians our loyalty. We owe America our loyalty. Freedom! That's the truth. 
Okay, and I think Charlemagne is starting to understand what people like me have been saying for five years. Hey, we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. Has Biden let down the black community? Absolutely. Okay, the Biden administration is the only thing in the way of school choice for black families in failing inner city schools that can't take their kid to a better school because they're beholden to the teachers union, who is the single biggest donor arm to the Democratic Party. So they tell you they care about your kid. And no, we're the champion of the, you know, black with a minority student who can't get by. And then the teachers union shows up, a little envelope under the door. Money, 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 money. And then they're like, school choice is white supremacy. It's all a scam. It's all a show. Climate change? Is anybody walking to school in the inner city right now where you might get mugged on the way? Worried about what the weather's going to do in 75 years? The answer would be no. No, that's the point. When you target groups as individual groups instead of human beings, we all get failed. If you target the country, a good economy means everybody of every ethnicity is in a better spot. A bad economy means everybody of every ethnicity is in a worse spot. Closed border, open border, same thing. Foreign policy, foreign policy good, we're all safer. Foreign policy bad, we're all less safer. Same goes for crime, same goes for schools. But because their goal is winning elections and only winning elections, what Charlemagne has finally come to realize is the Democrats don't want to solve issues. They want to run on them. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. If they fix the school, then they can't tell you it's white supremacy every four years to have school choice, even though the kids get a better education. They fix the border. They can't yell and scream about changing the immigration process and say Republicans are racist for hating Mexicans. Never mind, Mexicans aren't even a third of the people crossing the southern border right now. They're coming from all over the world. Okay, when you talk about inflation, if you fix inflation, we all pay less at the cash register. But because the Bidens and the Democratic Party as a whole took the election of Barack Obama as a license to race bait from now until the end of time and say, oh, gee, what is it about this president that's so different that the Republicans won't agree with his policies? Never mind that they never agreed with policies like radicalizing the healthcare industry and driving up premiums 300 percent. The Affordable Care Act drove up premiums by 300%. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. And the media didn't call it out once, not once. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Who do you think's cutting the Venmo checks to the Houthis and everybody in Yemen, okay, and everybody in Hamas, okay? That Iran money is coming from the Iranian nuclear deal Obama got us into, and Biden has been fighting like all hell to get us back into after Trump walked out of it. So you understand the consequence of all of this is every American is getting screwed, which means black America too. And that's why Charlemagne is walking away from Biden and Kamala. It's not just because they failed the black community. It's because if you take a look around, they failed everyone. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services 
Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Student loan forgiveness, okay, has people all worked up. And as a parent, it's and people come up to me every day. They're like, dude, you're a dad. Aren't you worried about the soaring cost of tuition? Like, dude, my son is six foot five. He's getting a women's basketball scholarship. Oh, girl, there it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are live on the radio. And my new stand-up special, They're Just Jokes, now officially live on Fox Nation. (laughs) Joining us now to discuss one of our very first viewers. Michael is on the line in Hagerstown, Maryland. Michael. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy. I watched, well, mainly listened to your special this morning. Oh, it, it was a banger, buddy. Start hey, girl. to finish. Well done. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Don't say it too loud or I'll have to give my drug dealer a raise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many great topics. The the Long Island Expressway, Caitlyn Jenner, the oh. spy balloon. Oh, my gosh. You were just, it, every one of them, just spot on funny, buddy. It was so good. Singing the hits. Man, I can't wait to do a live show and have you in the audience and hear you laugh and heckle. Uh, because what oh, I, and uh, this makes me want to see you even more in person. Oh, my God. Yeah, because when I'm in person, you know what I do? I do my act, and then I do like a 45-minute question and answer. Wouldn't let the crowd ask me anything about Fox or my life or anybody I know that's famous. Wow. And it gets wow. really off the rails like that. But uh, to their credit, were you, weren't you surprised they left some of those jokes in there? Oh, absolutely. I'm going, okay, if these made the uh, the special, I bet there are jokes that didn't make the special, no. and that's why I want to see them live. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when you talked about rednecks mm-hmm. and fat kids, I said, oh, he did jokes just for me. <laughs> our people, Michael, our people. Our people. That's it, buddy. Listen, well, well done. Oh, my God. My Anybody, you need to, it's worth subscribing to Fox Nation just to watch this special. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, congratulations on making them know I'm worth $1.99. You sure know how to make a girl <laughs> feel special. You heard the man, America. I am officially worth $1.99. <laughs> I love you, brother. Be well. Keep, keep. Thanks, Jimmy. Well done, buddy. All right, stay tuned. I'll see you soon, brother. There he goes, the great Michael. And Michael's right. I am worth a dollar ninety-nine. 
and I may even prove it when we come back from commercial, because uh, there's a lot happening in Radio Town USA. Emily Austin's coming by. Tommy Laren's going to be here. Ryan Reese is going to be here. Kevin Walling's going to be here. And we will, of course, get into more of your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, the whole barnyard jamboree right here in the Big Bad One and Only High Flying, Death Defying, Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. And we are just wearing the sandwich board wire to wire today. They're just jokes. My one-hour stand-up comedy special now streaming on Fox Nation. If you don't subscribe, subscriber, you're dead to me. It's $1.99. You watch me sing the hits at a sold-out Paramount Theater on Strong Island. It was absolutely just an epic all-around night. And uh, it's something I'm dying to share with all of you, and I want you to see it. So when we go back on the road this spring with a whole new hour, uh, you're kind of in on the joke, and you've seen the original. You saw where this conversation started because it is going to be a wild spring. we got a lot going on around here. You'll hear about more of it during the show. Uh, and we've got a pretty packed day of guests, Kevin Walling, Ryan Reese, Tommy Laren. Okay, we're even going to have a grown-up chat uh, with Emily Austin, who joined me on Fox News Saturday night two weeks ago. You've heard her on this show as well, multimedia sensation. Everybody who comes on this show is cool. You know, they're just people that are easy to talk to that'll give you, like, a reason to take on what's going on. That's why I love having Brian Brenberg on so much. It's like you can tell that it's just two people that are bargaining with you in good faith. We're trying to help. We're new. We're young in the media game. And we see this as an opportunity to, like, help the country instead of helping ourselves. Don't get me wrong. I'm living okay. Okay, certainly better than I was as a cab driver. Okay, but I'm not trying to be the shock jock who gets to the top of the mountain by lighting the country on fire. Because sadly, that's what most people are doing. Now, to Charlemagne's credit, okay, he is not that guy. Okay, he could be ride or die with the Democratic Party right now because that's, you know, kind of become the lifestyle of politics. Well, I've got my team till death do us part. You've got your team. Your guys will never be right. We'll never be wrong, and that's why the country's on fire. We've become children fighting so hard for control of the toy, we're now breaking our favorite toy in half. Exactly. But here is Charlemagne. This is back on December the 7th. He was on Comedy Central hosting The Daily Show, clip 14. This is Biden's ego talking, okay? If you think there are other people who can beat him, step aside. I I know he thinks he's got this in the bag, but the polls say otherwise. I want Biden stepping in to beat Trump the way I want him stepping in to defend me at a bar fight. (laughs) I appreciate you caring, but I don't like our chances. Uh, Biden's not getting any younger. He's not going to get any more popular, and he's not getting a new running mate. So please, Mr. President, give America the ultimate Christmas gift and step aside. Wow. I mean, and let's not underestimate Joe Biden's fighting skills. Corn Pop was a bad dude. But of course, Charlemagne... Not the only one making headlines on this busy Wednesday here on Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, can now confirm that we, our team, uh, the Fallon family, the Fox Across America family, everybody I work with here at Fox News, everybody who started out with me in the taxi garage, all the ride-or-die people I grew up with in Levittown drinking on the bleachers and throwing up behind the deli, we, my friends, all of us, this is breaking news you will not hear anywhere else, I can now officially confirm that I have been named the host of Fox News Saturday Night. 
Oh, girl! Take off the apron, Jenny Fela. We got our own TV show. I love you, girlfriend. I know you're listening. Spike the football, Marianne Fela, my mom, who dragged me into showbiz. It is now official. Fox News making the announcement. The smoke coming out of the chimney. That is not Gutfeld's bong. That is me being named the host of Fox News Saturday Night. Hey, fellas, congrats on the win. Just to let the listeners know how crazy and clandestine things are around here. You guys in that booth had no idea, did you not? Absolutely zero clue that that was coming. Absolutely nothing. I was waiting nothing. for more clips to be called. <laughs> <laughs> you can't imagine how much peace is in my life to be able to share this information right now. Because I've had to walk in here and stare at you guys in the face every day for two months and not say a word about this. Uh, but we did it. Yo, Adrian, we did it. We got our own TV show. The launch date, you guys, if listening out there on the radio, is Saturday night, uh, January the 13th. And if you are in New York in the next two weeks uh, in Times Square, they're going to be running my billboards on the, the Godzilla billboard, which is all at Times Square. And uh, the Site 16, which is a, you know, a stand-up billboard, uh, will be on two billboards in Times Square. And they'll be advertising my very first TV show with my own name on it at the bottom. Hot damn. Needless to say, guys, drinks are on me after the show. <laughs> we got some, we got a little party in the do over here, but holy hell, this is a big deal. Uh, we're gonna, I don't even know what to tell you, man. Other than uh, if you're listening on the radio side of this, it couldn't happen without the explosive growth of this show. Like Fox was like, wow, this fella idiot, he's really doing this other thing over there, and people are kind of catching on to it. You know, it's not a hyper-partisan food fight. He's just, you know, dopey enough to think he can help people and that he's going to change the world. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But the, <laughs> but the point is we have proven uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt that there are millions of people out there who really care greatly about this country but want to have a good time discussing our problems as opposed to sitting here and screaming at each other and beating the snot out of each other, as my late great Uncle Sonny would say. Uh, we want to be able to, you know, have a productive conversation. That's funny. That's a good time. So for me, I will tell you this really quickly, uh, you the listener, before we go to this commercial break. Uh, just wow, man. I can't, I, you can't even imagine what it feels like to say this to other people because I wanted my own TV show since fifth grade. I had a teacher by the name of Mrs. Pascana who uh, told me in fifth grade, she's like, you know, you should start watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I'm, I think you could do one of those shows. And, you know, I don't know that she meant it. I mean, if anything, she probably saw a couple of my report cards. And was like, this guy has no future in corporate America. <laughs> Nobody's going to hire this guy. <laughs> like, she looked at my first report card. Are you stupid or something? And she was like, comedy, Jimmy, comedy. But for whatever reason, like, I really, like, I really believed her. I was like, oh, no, I could have one of these shows. And I watched The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I was like, no, no, I could, I could get one of these shows. And, like, lost my mind watching it. And it was just something that stuck with me, like, every morning. When I was walking down 7th Avenue at 3 in the morning to pick up my taxi in the dead of winter... You know, it's 12 below. You know when it's so cold in New York City, you actually see three penguins going inside? <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's too cold. We're not, we're not staying out here. Okay, and every one of those days, every weird, weird audition and terrible gig you do on the road, every kick in the nuts you get in showbiz along the way, every rejection, terrible crowd, you know, every mess you could possibly inhabit that puts your soul in a fetal position. I somehow emerged from being like, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to get a TV show. 
I'm telling you. And like, it's been in my head every day of my life since fifth grade. So the fact that I've pulled it off, it just brings me like such a level of actual peace. Like if you care about me, that's what you should know. Like I am at peace because I no longer have this nagging torment. Now we have this new torment, which is to create the greatest source of good that television has ever seen. Quick break. We're back after this. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Now just one half. Of the media empire here at Fox. You heard it here first, girlfriend. I tell you guys things well before I'm supposed to. You have the highest security clearance anywhere in media because we are a family. I say it every day. I am not the star of the show. We are. And our show is making its way over to TV now. Uh, I am the host of Fox News Saturday night debut episode next Saturday, January the 13th. Joining us now to discuss it, a man who recently saw me in person down in West Palm Beach. Wally is here. Wally! Jimmy, my radio buddy, happy 2024, and congratulations. Wow, Wally. Did you notice that this announcement didn't happen until after I met you? Were you the power broker that got this over the top? I, You know, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to reveal certain things. Um, I, I do want to say that you are luck and opportunities that intersect at hard work. Yep. I'll take it. Yeah. And, and, I just wanted I had one other thing. I didn't get to call you for your Christmas show because my doctors um, during the holidays, they double up on the Thorazine and restrict the phone privileges. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I have a Christmas present for you. Okay, I'm listening. Um, At the end of July, I'm. I'm going to let you come down, and Wally is going to give you some free diving lessons for lobster mini season. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Except you know that I only have one bad review for my free diving lessons, and that was by me. <laughs> oh, no, Wally. <laughs> Wally, there's always a catch. There's always a catch. and I, I, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying I'll have you so comfortable in the water you'll feel like you could go to sleep. <laughs> Wally's on the line, professional kidney thief, if you're not familiar with his work. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you pal around Vegas casinos with that girls that bring pills to the hotel room. Come yeah, on, Jimmy, Wally. Jimmy, listen, while you were gallivanting around on your celebrity vacation holidays, uh, we want to know, was it, uh, leftover Jimmy Quaaludes, or was it taxi cab roof and all that you used to spike the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on fire. Uh, I'm cutting you off before they give you my TV show. Thank you for this. You're the best. Right, my, my man, the great Wally. So, folks, as an update to what we just mentioned, um, I will be on the Sean Hannity tonight, uh, show tonight. Uh, we're going to be making this you know, TV official, like Fox just put out a big splashy press release. I'm posting it all over social media uh, and certainly responding to all of your texts right now. If you're listening to the show live, um, I see all of you. Uh, This is going to take a minute. It's a few hundred of you in the queue. And, uh, you know, the champ's a little overwhelmed. This is a big deal. This is a big deal, man. And uh, I'm just I hope you guys know I'm so proud of us and I'm so proud to make the radio show part of the TV show and vice versa, because that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking the ecosystem of this show 
which is not like anything else you see on this channel, and folding it into a Saturday night TV show. Okay, so a lot of guests you might not necessarily see on the other shows. You know, my buddy Dean Imperial or Diamond Dave Landau. You know, those people. You know, we'll even bring on Lincoln once in a while, even though he's a dirtbag. Shut your mouth. But the point is, uh, it's going to be really real. A lot of cabbies. You know, people that I know in my travels, you know, people who work in strip clubs. Hubba, hubba. No, for real. It's going to be America. It's going to be a cross-section of America uh, at a real, you know, street level. And we're going to make it fun. It's going to be a lot of comedy. Uh, It's going to be mayhem. It's going to be the best thing on TV. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant. Like, this is the best show on the radio. Nobody who listens to it doesn't think otherwise because it's goofy. We're having a good time. We have a superpower. And the superpower is the fact that we don't have one. We're just silly good time people. So that's what we're spiraling towards now. And I promise you, every single one of you, like, you guys played a hand in this, like a driving force in making this a thing. Because they saw the response to this type of show and were like, of course it would work on TV. And it's worked on TV. I've been all over these crazy shows. And I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, people always say, like, you're having a moment. I'm not having a moment, dude. I'm just having a good time. And the truth is people want to have a good time. The world is on fire right now. Nobody wants to spend all day being mad. Do you really, if you died tomorrow, are you going to wish you got into another Twitter fight? Are you really with some stranger you don't even know? Twitter is like road raging on a highway. With a guy who's not even on the same highway as you. <laughs> it's like you're, you're just in your phone. He's in his phone. You're on separate sides of the country and you're arguing. What are you two mad about? You're not even together. But that's what social media has reduced the country to. It's devoid of nuance. It's devoid of perspective. The goal for me every day that this show is a thing is to turn this country, turn this political discourse upside down. Okay. And make this place doable make america make politics make political discourse doable like you're not gonna go i'm not gonna be living in a world a year from now where people are like oh you work at fox news no because they're gonna get it of course i work at fox news because we root for the country here and we welcome liberals on our air we booked gavin newsom okay are the other networks out there trying to book our guys no i mean they'll book trump because he's good for ratings When CNN's in trouble, they'll bring in Nikki Haley or DeSantis. I'll give them credit for doing that. But do they book pundits who represent the Republican viewpoints? A CNN Republican is like a chicken that works on the board at Popeye's. Yeah, you can call him a chicken. But if he's working on the board of Popeye's, he's not exactly looking out for his fellow chickens. That's true. That is true. Okay, so understand, man. Okay, We here at Fox News, the reason you'll get so mad at our liberals is because they're liberals. They're not pretend liberals that just agree with the Republicans to make you feel better. See, even the liberals know. No, the liberals don't know. Jessica Tarloff believes that her policies are better for the country. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Maybe so, but that's what she believes. And she's my friend and she's welcome to come on the show. Okay, Kevin Walling, you'll hear on the show later. He worked on the Biden campaign. Such an idiot. Yes, but I'm not threatened by the, the idea of him because we like our views here. We're the channel. We're the brand that wants to have the conversation. The rest of the country just wants to call you all white supremacist because you're conservative so they can get out of debating you on real issues. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, and they, okay, have gotten away with that forever. But that's going to change 
as this TV show explodes. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Believe it, man. Like, that's where this is headed. You know, we're going to take this show, and it's going to be a force multiplier of positive energy. You're going to laugh yourself senseless because, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of guys like me, guys that have been doing this for 20 years that are pretty good at it, that never really had a chance. Fox gave us a chance. Fox News, look at Gutfeld, okay? Look at Waters, okay? To some extent, look at my show. They book more comedians in a given year on TV than any other channel on TV. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. We book more comedians than Comedy Central does, okay? They're just running reruns of syndicated shows. They don't even they don't have a live stand-up show on Comedy Central. They have The Daily Show, which is about as funny as an orphanage on fire on Christmas Day, okay? How many Colbert comedians do you think they're booking? I mean, they're fraudulently booking Colbert as a comedian. And I don't disparage the man personally, but he's an activist masquerading as a comedian. When you're out there doing the vaccine dance surrounded by a bunch of needles, okay, pushing propaganda. That was absolutely dreadful. Because you're not there in service of the joke. Okay, the thing that sets this show apart, the thing that sets what I'm doing in stand-up apart, the thing that'll set this TV show apart, is if you really have true comedians, we're not there on behalf of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. We're there on behalf of the keg party. Bingo. Okay, if you watched me host Gutfeld last Friday night, I mean, we burnt it down. They let me write my own monologue year in review. It was easy. Live audience, great, a lot of fun. But there's a section of it where I just started hammering Republicans. And I said to the audience, like, hey, we're going to make fun of the Republicans now because that's how comedy works. And that is how comedy works. You're not supposed to hear a comedian make fun of Trump and be like, I'm done with the Trump bashing. I'm not listening to this guy anymore. No, it's just comedy. Comedy to take the edge off. You do make fun of the Republicans just so you can get a couple of Democrats into the 10-2 to realize you're non-threatening. Okay, I'm trying to help the country. Okay, I've been helped All of my childhood dreams have officially come true as of 1230 today. I am out of ideas. Like, for I have nothing left to do. I guess I could run for president, but the background check's going to happen at some point, and it's going to be a real short campaign. So for now, uh, I will stick to doing what I do best, which is mediocre radio that is about to become mediocre to highly exceptional TV with your help. Don't go anywhere. Celebration continues, and Kevin Walling, joins us from the Democratic Party when we come back on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is, back in action. Big Wednesday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Stack of the deck in this hour. It's kind of a historic day. If you're just tuning in, I have just been named the host of Fox News Saturday night. I've got my own TV show now uh, to go with this nationally syndicated talk show uh, that you and I have really put on the map over the years by being force multipliers of positive energy and audio safe space for cool people where you can agree, disagree, doesn't matter, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Well, that brand now officially going worldwide as of about 30 minutes ago. So congrats to every single one of us And man, oh boy, oh man, am I so proud of everybody uh, in my family, all my friends, everybody. Because you don't, you know, you don't do this alone, man. You know, like obviously like the game ball kind of goes to Jenny, you know, because like you need that compass. You need like this thing 
to like give you a purpose, you know, just living for yourself. It's, you know, <laughs> when I was living for myself, my hobbies are fast cars and fast women, fast cars and fast women. Like I mean, whenever we talk about Hunter Biden, I give Hunter Biden an A on how he spent the money. That's all he spent it on. You know, spent it on fast cars and hookers. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Okay. Obviously, I have issues with how he got the money, who he leveraged in his family to actually get it. Are you the big man, Joe? Absolutely. But on this show, okay, we're all the big man. Okay. We have made this magic happen. And we're not going to hijack the rest of the day's episode by talking about it endlessly. But I don't doubt there'll be a fair share of congratulations from family and friends. And you want to know something? Uh, We deserve it because we absolutely positively killed ourselves to get here. I think he's got a point. Yeah. My God. The point is I've been working, honestly, 16 to 18 hours a day every day since my kids have been born. Every day. And why do you do that? Uh, Because you want to make a better life for your family. Like that's actually why I'm in this position is, you know, having them to live for, having them to go out and fight for. You know, we got no money. You've all heard of the story. When Lincoln was born, we didn't have a bank account. You know, people talk about, you have no money in the bank. We didn't have a bank. Yo, think about that. The ATM fee would be more than the money I had in there. That's never good. Okay, but we've, you know, we had big ideas because we were raised in America by parents who taught us, you lived in America. Don't complain. Don't explain. Let's get out there, bust your ass, and get it done. That's how we were raised, in a land of opportunity, which is where we live right now. But I didn't, like, look around looking for some sort of discouragement or an excuse not to get things done. I just kept working, even when there was probably no reason to keep doing so. You delude yourself into going. And I bring this up because I got, want you to understand, if I could go, you know, in the amount of time I've gone from there to here, whatever it is you think you want to do, you can do. That's the point. You just got to go for it. We're all in the keep going business. There's no rule that says you can't be whatever the hell it is you want to be. You just got to get out there and go. That's the hook. And, you know, on a day like today, this is kind of the ultimate reminder of that because all of that getting up and going, 3 a.m. alarm clock so I can meet my buddy Dean Imperial and go work on a screenplay before I got in a taxi for 12 hours and then get in a comedy club and bomb in front of seven people. All of those inconsequential things actually lead up to a day like this. You know how in Shawshank you get out your little rock hammer and you just start tunneling away and tunneling away and tunneling away? Okay, that's whatever it is you want to be doing in life. Whatever you think you want to be doing five years from now, get out your little rock hammer today and just tiny little tunnel. That's it. You have to break down the wall. You don't have to have a plan for what life is going to be like. Just tiny little tunnel, just just like that. That's all you got to do. Although I should remind you, if the Shawshank Redemption was taped today, uh, it would end with them both taking a selfie on the beach and getting arrested immediately from the geotag. Totally. They'd see each other. They'd be like, oh, my God, you got out? You got out? And they'd run together and, you know, big hug on the beach. Let's take a selfie. And then they'd take the phone location off a satellite and they'd both go to jail. <laughs> the Shawshank selfie. Worst sequel Maybe, maybe of all time. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. It really is. Uh, But I'll tell you this, in this moment, you're talking about worst videos ever made, talking about things nobody wants to watch ever again, nobody asked for a sequel to. Okay. Biden announcing yesterday that he's going to give a big speech at Valley Forge to mark the anniversary of January 6th. Okay, that was Biden's big news yesterday. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And why is it happening really quickly? 
Okay, it's happening because they want to play up the size and the magnitude of January 6th. Are you ready for it? Because all of these states are trying to kick Trump off the ballot because of January 6th. They don't have the public support for it to happen. Even liberal justices are saying this isn't good. Even guys like George Stephanopoulos over at ABC are saying there's no way the Supreme Court's going to throw him off the ballot. But the Democrats are desperate enough in this moment that they're going to try. And the only chance they have at swaying public sentiment is to keep playing up January 6th. Now, was January 6th bad? Yes. Was it in the top 25 episodes of political violence that summer? The answer would be no. Yo. In the summer of 2020, BLM riots, okay, caused $10 billion in damages. Okay, January 6th didn't cause $10 million in damages. $10 billion? Or 10 million. Oh, yeah, BLM, much worse. Okay, BLM saw at least 42 people die as a result of those riots. January 6th, we were originally told it was six people, then it was four people, then it was, all right, it turned out none of them died because of January 6th, but they were there on January 6th. They died a few days later, and God rest their souls and comfort their families. I'm not trying to downplay the suffering. But if you're a casual observer of America... You had to have noticed by now that there's this disproportionate response to January 6th violence and every other violence that we've seen. And what is that disproportionate response determined by? The political affiliation of the violence. Oh, wow! Could you imagine if a bunch of right-wing protesters were blocking major airports We're blocking major bridges. People in ambulances couldn't get to hospitals. Kids couldn't get to school. People couldn't get to work. They'd be like, you have blood on your hands. The president should be in jail for his party doing this. Okay, but when Democrats go out there and literally call for the death of all Jews, that's not, you know, culturally insensitive. That's not racism, apparently. They're starting to catch on up at Harvard, but they didn't fire her for the racism. They fired her for the plagiarism. But you dig, there's this disproportionate response going on. And the reason it's going on is they need people, they need them to really buy into January 6th being the worst political violence we've ever seen. That is a fact check false. Oh, it's not even top, not even top 25. In the summer of 2020, if you just wanted to talk about Washington, okay, they lit a church on fire, okay, tried tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass, who, by the way, was fighting to free people from oppression at a time when you could be killed for doing it. Okay, Frederick Douglass, the modern civil rights activist, has already accomplished all their goals. We're the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet of Earth. Okay, and every major corporation, professional sports league, and entertainment entity is signaling their allegiance with your cause. You're not raging against the machine. You've joined the machine. He knows what he's talking about. But the machine has joined you, which means you have no problems. You're good. You ain't oppressed, boo. Okay, if Apple's on board, if Google's on board, if the NFL's on board, you got nobody left to fight, homie. You've won. But they wanted you to believe they were oppressed. They were freedom fighters because they have envy of those prior generations. And this is also a way of getting their way politically. If you throw enough social pressure out there and say anyone who doesn't agree with you is a racist oppressor, it becomes harder for people to vote for that party. And that's what they did. But in the summer of 2020, you guys, they attacked the White House so hard that they had to put the president in a bunker 
They had to treat hundreds of Secret Service agents for getting hits with bricks and rocks while the place was on fire. They had to erect an emergency military barrier around the White House. Okay, and do we ever hear a word about those dates, like July 2nd or July 9th or whatever they were? The dates when cities were on fire? No, you don't hear a word. Okay, after all of this white people are the devil stuff, when a guy pulled into a Christmas parade in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after posting all over Facebook, it was time to kill white people, and he ran over 53 white people. Have we ever talked about that story again in media? The answer would be no. No, but we're telling you we got to throw Trump off the ballot because of his rhetoric. His rhetoric was bad. People did bad things afterwards. Yo, a Bernie Sanders supporter who worked on his campaign shot up a congressional baseball game, shot him up, okay? Almost mass casualties, but plenty of people hit. Bad, like Steve Scalise. Did we go back and revisit the Bernie? The answer would be no. No, and that's the point. When you hear Biden out there this weekend, you know, pumping up January 6th, you know, and telling you, oh, well, this is, you know, try Trump's base is going to go away. Okay. They're making a case against Trump because they cannot, they cannot make a case for themselves. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. I'll tell you, folks, I've had my own TV show for about 10 minutes. <laughs> People are already stopping by to get free drinks out of me. Uh, joining me now in studio, two of my all-time favorites, uh, a surrogate for Joe Biden in the 2020 campaign. That's true. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. No, no, we love him. Kevin Walling is here, and the crowd goes wild. And a Fox News fan favorite. Uh, you saw her on the show, Fox News Saturday Night, with me two weeks ago. I decided to bring her back on. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stop it. We love Emily Austin. Hey, girl. Good to see you guys. Your favorite Jew. (laughs) How about it? I don't know if I could say that. I have a a fair amount of Jews on the show. I have to be the favorite. In my stand-up special that drops today. Top ten. You're top ten. I'll take top ten. Yeah, remember this. We both grew up on Long Island, Wall, and you need to know this, too. All right. If you grew up on Long Island, no matter what your actual background is, you're honorary Jewish, are you not? (laughs) Yeah. Do you know how many bar mitzvahs I've gone to? I mean, I grew up in Central New Jersey. So so you've gone to a fair amount of bar mitzvahs. Yeah, I might be, uh, you know, know, I don't know why Jews do that. Like, who said they want to be a Jew? You know? (laughs) You're an honorary one. I've been to all of them. Okay, I've I've worn worn a yarmulke. I've done the read. All of it. Yeah. I've been to some good ones. Dennis Schneider probably had pound for pound the best bar mitzvahs. His family... Um, they were doing all right when we were growing up. You know, I grew what up was very... the theme? Do you remember the theme? Because um, the, all the bar and bat mitzvahs had themes. Yeah, so mine this... was Hollywood, very fitting. Oh, that's funny. because I, I, I like that. You did okay. So I went to, this was not Dennis's, though. I didn't know that there was a theme, but now I can tell you there were. Because yeah. I'm just jogging my One of them, I went to Stephanie LaCourie, had New York, New York. Okay. And they that's had like cool. a fake skyline I and love the that. Statue of Liberty. But it was real. They had a guy peeing. You got mugged. <laughs> it was like he was committed. Mugged. I got robbed. It was like a whole to do. <laughs> But no, Dennis Schneider's what they did is they had um, basically a wedding DJ. It was a company called Heart to Heart, which you know, I love that you, you still remember all. Oh, of I this. remember all of this. Yeah. Okay, uh, but understand. So what they did is they brought in like the wedding DJ with the music, the inflatable guitars, the big sunglasses. You know what I'm talking about? The props. Yeah. Oh yeah. And tacked on the Heart to Heart dancers. 
So you're like a, a seventh grade boy, and now you're dancing with you know girls named Cinnabons, you know, <laughs> grinding to new kids on Probably the block with some, songs. Uh, pyrotechnics and pretty stuff like hot that. while uh, like pretty hot. Yeah. So I, what I appreciated first and foremost about the Jews, Emily, was the horniness. They were horny people. They were a horny. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, they was if you go to like a Catholic upbringing like I did, a confirmation, Same. Same. The, the only one expressing horniness was the priest. It's <laughs> <laughs> a different animal. But I don't know that you could do that here, sir. You got to wait till after the mass. So that jumped out at me. It was the outward horniness uh, of the Jews uh, that I appreciated. Uh, this is just some of the mirth that you'll hear on Fox News Saturday night with Wallach and Emily Austin. Uh, this is just huge. That's a big huge deal. Huge news. Um, I'm excited. What I'm, I'm actually like, this is weird, and I hope I don't drop dead, and I'm not being silly. You know how um, sometimes they say, like, you know, if you're a cop, you can't retire and not keep working. True. Because that gravitational pull of work, cops, like, they buy a fishing rod and drop dead the next day. So <laughs> since I was in fifth grade, like, my, my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Pascana, was like, no, you should watch The Tonight Show. I'm telling you, you fat little child with a bull haircut, <laughs> you can host one of these shows. Like, and fat she, little She kid. did call me a fat little child, but she loved me. She thought I was funny. And uh, I watched it, like, that night. Johnny like, Carson. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do this. And, like, I actually, in this weird, nagging way, knew I would do this every day wow. since I was in fifth grade. So the fact that it's actually happening, I'm actually, it's, it's exciting. Exciting as it sounds, I'm actually at peace, but I'm scared because this was like my entire reason for being. Yeah. So now what? Now I'm like the cop who retired. I got to get another job. I got to go do You're something. Just starting. I guess. So but, when uh, does that kick off? It kicks off January the... 13th is the debut episode. Okay. Um, next uh, this coming Monday. This is sick. But for the next two weeks, we have like the two biggest billboards in Times Square. So no. that's going to be rad. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be sick. You'll see it all over TV. We already shot the commercials. Like, we don't mess Get around. Get out of here. We don't mess be that around. How, how big is your head going to be oh, you <laughs> Times Square? It. you got to see it to believe it. They actually yeah. charge people to look at it. It's like the old <laughs> Coney Island freak show. It's so only like, by a chew. <laughs> better be. Uh, but we're talking, of course, to Emily Austin and Kevin Walling. And uh, they're the perfect people to be on the show today because the whole premise of this show, as you guys know, you've spent some time with me on TV and radio, is like, I'm just, I'm very non-threatening. Like, I just want to have conversations and laugh about things because the world's on fire. And I feel like you could help more by getting people to pick up a stick and roast marshmallows than you can by arguing. Because nothing's gotten better. We're all arguing now. It used to be the politicians <laughs> were arguing. Now the voters are arguing. Their ball players are arguing. Their pop culture stars are arguing. Their movie stars. Everyone's arguing. And everybody's exhausted, too. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and this is the joke of it all. And maybe you guys weigh in on this, okay? All of this is happening in the greatest time that's ever been to be alive in terms of the quality of life, technology, convenience, inclusion, tolerance, the things we say that matter. Yeah. Never been more inclusive than this. Yeah. And we're still like, what a racist hellhole. I mean, it's is dumb. it that what happens? Like, what's that country where they have the highest rate of depression and the least amount of problems? Because they're just too bored. You have yeah. to give them a problem. You give them something to fight you over. You got to manufacture adversity. Or you're the cop who retired. And needed something exactly. to do. So maybe it's a self-preservation instinct to hate hate each other. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, probably. I'm you sure. know what they say with the world needs now is love, sweet love. But but that's the best thing about this show, right? Like, you know, I do all of the Fox shows as a Democrat, right? Mm. But I have the most fun on this show because it's we never get into arguments, nope. right? Because we're Americans first. Mm -hmm. We agree on a lot more than what we disagree on. Right, and that's you know, and then we're just here to have fun. Imagine right? that the okay. best the best time was when you you brought callers live on the air mm -hmm. when I was on, and they were giving me grief. I was giving them grief. That was a blast. They were nice though, right? They were great. Hold on, we got to. I don't know what was wrong with them because they loved you <laughs> and go to your what, shows. Why are you taking a cheap shot? We're having a moment. Kind of stuff. Daniel is on the line in Virginia. Let's try to bring it walling back down to earth here, Daniel. <laughs> 
Jimmy, congratulations, buddy, on the raise. And I got a raise, too. I just took Christmas vacation. I'm a trucker. I found that I got a penny a mile. It's about 4 bucks a day. Whoa. That's the same. But, uh, hey, let me let me take you to the deep end. And uh, I just got diagnosed with the fibrosis of the uh, pulmonary, so some lung scarring. Ooh. Got about a year to live. But it's really, uh, it didn't come off such a shocker because I live my life, you know, every day like it's the last. And uh, mm-hmm. kind of like you did when you're driving a cab. So, you know, it would be horrible if I was 18 or 80. They don't give a shit. But I, I just want you to know that I really am happy for you. Like Trump says, the forgotten man, you really like the regular guy. And I really love that about you. You're a big part of why I tune in every day. I mean, I swear to God, other than my, my, my time with the Lord, I, I can't wait to 1207 oh, East buddy. Coast or 907 West Coast. Depends where the truck is at. But <laughs> I really couldn't be happier for you, bro. Uh-huh. And uh, just don't get too big headed. Don't start over promoting like. Like, uh, what's his name? Kill me. <laughs> don't get too skinny, okay? Say, don't get too skinny. Uh, no now way. They, I feel like you're cheating on me. I feel like you're cheating on us a little bit. But congratulations. Daniel. Congrats. I put a few phone calls in. I put a call. Go ahead, bud. Daniel, I, I will gain an honorary 10 pounds just for you. Me too. And we'll take it yeah. a step further. We're going to keep you alive because yeah. you're half my audience. So don't worry. <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have the finest care allowable coming your way. Daniel, we'll stay in touch. God bless you, brother. I love you, man. Be well. The great Daniel, and we'll have more salutations and some fun time with Emily Austin and Kevin Walling when we come back right here on Fox Across America. We're talking about bar mitzvahs on Fox Across America because this is a radio show and not Harvard. They'd probably run us off the campus for safe space. Talk. It's a safe space. Not here. exactly pro Jew up at Harvard. Kevin Walling is here. Emily Austin in the house. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Harvard story really quick while I have you guys here. Harvard obviously forcing out Claudine Gay over plagiarism, which is of course a big no-no in academia. Um, but M, wouldn't you kind of argue that they look the other way on the anti-Semitism stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously calling for Jewish genocide is not an issue, but the fact that she plagiarized multiple times infuriated everyone. I'm yeah. just happy that. Ultimately, she's out, although it was for the wrong, quote-unquote, reason. It should have been before this. Um, Ultimately, she's out. So I'm a happy camper. (laughs) She was charged with uh, genocide. She pled guilty to cut and paste. (laughs) She's got a good lawyer. I mean, she's got a solid lawyer. She pleaded down. And she's still making $900,000 a year. That's whack. Must be nice. Uh, Is there a concern in a general election year, Kevin Walling? I don't believe your party is anti-semitic i believe there's a portion of it that is are they concerned about that i think sadly anti-semitism does, doesn't know political bounds no i know in but country. in your party and we'll get to my party my party's got its own problems yeah, all right pal yeah i mean filibuster we may. saw this how dare you <laughs> we saw this in, you know we saw this in the wake of october 7th when you had uh folks you know nearly storming the white house you know from the river to the sea trafficking in all this anti-Semitic bile mm-hmm. that's out there. Uh, you know, I'm very happy that this is the result. But, you know, her, her letter of contrition, though, didn't even mention, you know, anything about anti-Semitism. You got 73% of Jewish students mm-hmm. on college campuses that, re- you know, recorded anti-Semitic acts in just this last academic year. Yeah, so what does bad. the White House do? They made a new act to prevent Islamophobia and the rise <laughs> well, of, no, of anti-Semitism. I mean, 
yeah, you know, you got Doug Emhoff, who's been a leader on this. He's the second gentleman out there going to these college campuses, condemning it, talking about it openly. Uh-huh. And we got to do more, certainly. Uh, fair. I met uh, your boy Doug Emhoff at a D.C. cocktail party. Nice guy. He's a great guy. He was with, uh, for real, we talked for two seconds, um, and he was talking to Amy Klobuchar, and I left before she ate my dinner with a comb. <laughs> I was like, I can't have was that it a sa- She only eats it with a salad, so I know I that lo- that's not true, because you, <laughs> you weren't having salad for Walling dinner. Walling hit me with a fat <laughs> joke on my big day. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat <laughs> Look at you. That's Ralph Walling. I did not see that coming. Kevin Walling is here. Emily Austin's here. I'm just, just trying to audition for the show. No, you're yeah. fine, Walling. We only have two Democrats. That's true. No, you want to know what's so funny about Fox News? Um, I was saying this to the audience earlier. We actually put on Democrats. Yeah. I know. I like, was fighting in the green room for like 20 minutes before we went out last week. Oh, she likes you, by the way. Tarloff likes you. She thought you were greatest. She's like, oh, she's really cool. Yeah, um, like because her. we put on people that we actually disagree with. Like if you put on yeah. CNN, a CNN Republican is a chicken that works on the board of Popeyes. Like you can call it a chicken, but is it looking out for chickens? Probably not. You know, and I think that's a little bit of the problem on The View right now. So. I think the big challenge, because we're launching a TV show to go with this radio show in an election year, um, is we need, because you, you, know, you referenced like you're auditioning for the show, which you know is not true. Um, <laughs> we actually do, I've already been cut. I've already yeah, been cut. Yeah, we're, we're way past. <laughs> whoa. No, but what we actually would need, and I think the party that's going to win this thing is going to be the cooler party. Yeah. Because I think people are calibrated to have fun, like at their core. You know, I know there are miserable people out there yeah. that ruin good things. I don't <laughs> doubt that they're out there, but I wouldn't – I don't believe that's the majority of people. I mean, look at that polling for back in, like, 2000, right? Who would you rather have a beer with, George W. or Al Gore? Mm-hmm. I think George W. was, like, 87%. Yeah. You know, because he was an everyman. He was a, yeah. you know – you know, good oh. neighbor. Yeah. Uh, now, and Al Gore was a stiff. Now, imagine how much higher that poll would have been for W in the 70s. What if I don't want to have a beer with any of our candidates? What'd you say? I don't want to have a beer with any of our candidates. All right. You're, well, well, you're also 16, so you no, can't. I'm 14. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Emily Austin here, direct from Epstein Island to release the names of the hey list. Now. Like hey, this. now. <laughs> so let's talk uh, about bipartisan issues, shall we? Ooh. Epstein Island and this particular list, this is where it gets really interesting, okay? There's obviously going to be people in both parties, major people of prominence as well. Now, to offer some clarity, being on the list of people who are friends with him is not, you know, a conviction of guilt. Just yeah, to Bobby buy Kennedy's people. like, I was on his plane multiple yeah. times. I didn't molest children. Well, way to get ahead of the story. Yeah. But then you got like <laughs> Alan Dershowitz, which really, I just saw you made a funny point last night. Alice, this is interesting. Alan Dershowitz was Epstein's lawyer, 2014, when he made a plea wow. deal in Florida. And as the lawyer, he negotiated immunity for himself in the plea deal. A little weird. But anyway, I saw him on TV last night, and he's like, none of us knew about his private life, so just because we're on the list. I'm like, well, for a guy who didn't know about his private life, <laughs> why would you negotiate immunity for something like that? So there's only two possible answers there. One is, this is interesting, that obviously he was in on it, knew, and maybe in some capacity was guilty of in, you know, partaking, and I don't know that, so that's not me formally accusing him of that. Uh, but the other is, what if... He really negotiated that deal for himself because Epstein was a plant or belonged to the intel community and was there getting dirt on behalf of the world. They were like, hey, this guy's worth more to us out of jail than he is in jail. Do you think that's possible? Uh, I I strongly doubt that. And are you saying he couldn't be wearing a wire because he wasn't wearing anything else? (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting when these names come out. You know, we already know some of them, the two former presidents, right? Uh, at minimum, uh, and I think it's important to to name these folks and and yeah. to not condemn them out of hand. To your point, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, if 
you know, someone like, you know, former President Clinton's there 50 times or something like that. Yeah. And wow. Donald Trump is there multiple times. And, you know, meeting some of the women at Mar-a-Lago that, you know, were involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot more questions than answers. But transparency is key. I but I don't think, think so. it was a plan. No, you don't think there was like a higher part of this. You just no. think it was what it was. Well, any way you slice it, one of the things I've noticed as a comic since this whole show is just a sandwich board for me and my media empire. <laughs> my new stand-up special, Jimmy Fallon, They're Just Jokes, streaming now on Fox Nation. Uh, we had a caller earlier say it's absolutely worth the price of a subscription. Now, it does cost $1.99. So I don't know if I'm flattered. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, okay, uh, one of the things I've noticed as a comedian over the last few years is like two or three years ago, we would get madder at comics for joking about Epstein Island than we would at the people that were on it. And I do feel like society is starting to turn a corner in that we're outgrowing speech policing to some extent. Thank God. I know, Just right? Watch yeah. South Park and, like, grow a pair. Seriously. <laughs> I, could you imagine, right? Because that's the thing. And I've always argued, like, as a comedian in a comedy club, um, 99% of comedy audiences never got into this outrage culture thing. Mm-hmm. It happened on the internet because the internet, you're consuming the comedy in a different context and you haven't Mm. made that contract agreement with 200 other drunk people that we're not here to take anything (laughs) seriously. And um, I think what happened on the internet is it was able to like, you know, metastasize in a way that people were scared of it. So they either went along with it or didn't call it out for what it was. But I think Dave Chappelle, honestly, has done the best job of any comedian alive of like exposing the fraud of this thing because the only power it really has is tweets. Yeah. You know, getting past that, if you don't respond to the tweets, it just has to go away. And I think we're turning a corner. Do you guys agree that we're turning a corner? I hope so. I mean, most of comedy and why, you know, comedy and jokes are funny is they're based in reality. Thank you. And calling things out for what they are. Yeah. And when you start policing that and going after... You know, we were just talking about Johnny Carson in the break. I mean, so much of the stuff that he was saying, even in his monologues, you know, people mm-hmm. would cringe now. But Do- it was based in reality, and it was fun, and we got to move past that. And I, hopefully we are. Look at Kevin Walling. I mean, that's pure bipartisanship there. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, George, George Carlin on campus, Emily. He was filmed on UCLA in 1984. So your parents were about to meet at a bar. Is that the seven, that the seven words? <laughs> yeah, your, your, or, dad, uh, your dad was about to fill up your mom at a bar mitzvah <laughs> at the Huntington Townhouse, which is no longer standing. <laughs> but in 1984, after one too many Shirley Temples, <laughs> Daddy Austin got a, little handsy. got a little frisky during Never Say Goodbye by Bon Jovi <laughs> and tried to close it. And I respect it. Listen, I've... My, I have a decorated record of uh, bar mitzvah makeouts, Walling. And, oh my and some of these fellas were cute. No I'm kidding, but stick with me. <laughs> stick with me. Okay. Carlin on Campus in 1984 was filmed at UCLA, and the premise was they had to film it at a college because they were the only people open to having their views challenged mm. on such a profound level. That's the arc of where colleges have gone. Yeah. They've gone wow. from this is the anywhere way he goes place. So Carlin on Campus opens, right? He films a sketch where he's a class clown who gets thrown out of class. It's a cold open. And he goes, well, now that I'm not allowed in school anymore, I can go where I always wanted to go. And he goes into the women's room. And in 1984, (laughs) they're like, could you imagine a man in the women's room? And now what's crazy is he exits the women's room onto the stage. That's the skit. And he opens. It's 1984. It's L.A. He does 10 minutes on the AIDS epidemic. Wow. At UCLA. 
I love it. But it physically wouldn't be possible to do right now. They would yeah. light the campus on fire. I think comedy should never, ever have its boundaries. Because then it's ever. just it's, it's just not funny. You're limiting I'm sorry, your creative the, lanes. The best humor is the dark humor, the cancer jokes, the Jew jokes, the everything jokes. Well, if you like Jew jokes, no, I'm kidding. I do. I, like <laughs> I got a stand-up special for you. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I think the only way to get through it is to fight through it. You mentioned Chappelle did a mm-hmm. great job. I don't know if you're familiar with Chris D'Elia's background. He was yeah. canceled like... Thousands of times for shit he didn't even do. Mm-hmm. And he moves through it, and now he's, like, on a Netflix special for, yeah. like, the third time or something. Yeah. I just feel like you have to fight it. Like, even a stupid example, President Gay right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's telling me, oh, you're happy she's out because you're racist. I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm just yeah. going to keep going because once yeah, you, you don't start to that. entertain it, you start to, like, feed it in a way. It gives it power. So just, like, stay stay straight. Just ignore all the stupid not idiots. So straight. Not so straight. But. <laughs> well, Walling super has a, straight. Walling has, yeah. a, Walling has a gay wedding coming up. And the reason it's I call it a gay wedding. Today, I think. Every time I tell your story to people, they go, it's just a wedding. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a gay wedding. Yeah, a gay and here's wedding. why. It's yeah, a gay yeah. wedding. Are you gay? Just on the weekends. Oh, cool. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. the rent don't pay itself, Candy yeah, Pants. Yeah, yeah. Right? Week, I'm going to play the teams yeah. on the schedule. It's bite inflation. <laughs> it's not easy don't let this, out there. Don't let this come over and blue suit fail, you know, uh, <laughs> fail you here. Well, off on the wedding. But it, though, he was explaining to me, because I had asked him if, you know, in a gay wedding, you know, how, uh, in a lot of straight weddings, there's a term called bridezilla. Mm-hmm. And you were the one who told me in a gay wedding there's two. There's it's magnified. Two. <laughs> it's magnified. Kind of and so, throwing some other in laws So too. I want to ask this, and I didn't get to ask my sister-in-law, Jenna, this, but she's an event planner in Ohio, and she's planned gay weddings. And I didn't specifically get to ask her about your thesis yet, and I need to know. Get her on the, get her do on the you line. Think, yeah, do you think event planners who are so excited to have this whole new genre of weddings to plan in 2014 are kind of like walking with, it back now? With usually more unlimited budgets. Too, yeah, that's true. The budgets single, are bigger. Yeah, yeah, a gay wedding, yeah. that's a wedding. Look, Look out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I want to know? In Jewish weddings, I'll bring everything back to the Jews. Yeah, you have to. The men step on the glass. Yeah. If there's two men, are there two glasses That's a to good step question. on? Any yeah. Jewish gays that can attest to if this? You're, I mean, that is my demo. The Jewish <laughs> Fox, they gave me the show. They're like, that Jimmy, the, the gay Jews, Jimmy. Saturday night's coming, and yeah. it's about time we picked up Shabbat's over. You know, you can, you can rage. <laughs> You've seen how hard we support Israel on this channel. I mean, it's, there's Amen. a reason. That's the demo. Uh, but no, it's, that's, that's, that, that's worth knowing. Uh, more. Uh, just a little bit more with Emily Austin and Kevin Walling when we come back. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's, it's fun, fun though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Kevin Walling in the house, Emily Austin in the house, most importantly, the dump button in the house. <laughs> I believe Josh has had to dive on two live grenades, one from a caller, one from a guest. It's, you know, it's a celebratory day. Two for two. Two for two. Ryan Reese in the next hour. Uh, Tommy Laren's making an appearance as well. I tell you, right across the spectrum. What other show is booking all. Tommy Laren and Kevin Walling back to back? That's true. Thank you. Uh, but there's a lot going on. Two blonde down. bombshells. As we, ta- <laughs> as we take this hour in for a landing, you guys. Um, I would say, in my experience, and we all do a fair amount on the channel. Emily and I met on Gutfeld, and then we did Fox News Saturday night. Wouldn't you say to the outside world that the vibe here is so much lighter than what it's depicted as? Just lighter. Do you get that? Yeah, 100%. In terms of Fox News? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's it- always like... Thinking we're like some sort of cult, like you can't sit with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we're just here for like 
decent coffee and good vibes. You That's know? like no one gets it. Like so, the first time I was here, I was here as a cab driver. I was on Kennedy's show with a cab double parked on Sixth Avenue, and my whole entire background of this channel was based on like the Daily Show was popular when I was a cab driver. So oh, I, I just, just bribed the right person. Well, of course, <laughs> not clearly, and. Um, <laughs> I walked in here thinking I was coming into like some like an actual like right wing yeah. attack machine yeah. assembly line. Machine guns on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like there'd be a sign in the lobby that said "Frickin' Obama." You know what I mean? And away we'd go. And it was like the opposite. Everybody was like in the best mood. Nobody cared because the other thing people don't know it's New York. New York is predominantly liberal. Everybody yeah. works in media. So most of the people who work here aren't, like, diehard Republicans, per se. They're just people with opinions. Totally. That was actually news to me. Yeah. Because growing up, my perception, which I'm still growing up, my perception was that Fox was always extremely right-wing. Then I find myself being booked on shows where I'm like, who the hell is this person that's, like, (laughs) disagreeing with every single right-wing thing I've ever said? And then I'm like, well... That's the healthy debate that actually makes it interesting to watch. Like yeah. we could disagree and yeah, you know, well, not kill each other off the show. That's the hook I tell people all the time at Fox News. Our party is America. That's why we bring on Heck, legitimate liberal yeah. views, and we want to have that conversation. Gary has been waiting patiently in Addison County, Vermont. Gary, Jimmy, I got I got to know now that you're getting famous and joining the beautiful people on TV. Mm. Are you going to move to Florida and start hawking super beats? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired at Hannity. Listen, Gary, I'm on his show tonight because he's done a lot to help me here behind the scenes. And yeah. uh, we're going to spike the bull on his show. And I will propose on the air in your honor that I'm moving <laughs> in with him now that we're that close. Uh, oh, I, I love it. You want my you want my pick on who's you know, on Epstein's list? Ooh, Ooh. let's go. Giving his apparently uh, not me, by the way, to, they wouldn't have given announced this. His te- given his tendency to sniff little girls, who do you think? Oh, wow. I don't know, man. Uh, Joe Biden. Oh, <laughs> Gary, you never know. Uh, but listen, I, I don't know, man. Biden likes he does like a beach getaway. Walling, he does like he does like some time in the Delawares. He does, but I don't know. Gary, I just like that you thought enough of me to congratulate me on behalf of all the VMT listeners because I haven't heard a word from Kurt, who makes me call into his morning show every month. You're a class <laughs> yeah, act, Gary. I, I, I mean, congratulations, Jimmy. It's but just don't forget us. Well, you um, never with my talent. It, I can't afford to. You know, I could just pick up the phone and call you and get on the air. That doesn't say much for the caliber of your program, but I enjoy the opportunity. <laughs> to do that. That's enough for you. Thank you, Gary. You're the best, my man. You're the best. Get him out of here. Get him out. So silly. WVMT is a station up in Vermont. Funny thing, so we did an event up there, station event with Mikey at the Spank Puppy. Mikey is... Spank Puppy? I know. That's, I know. It's, that's uh, my nickname in... <laughs> <laughs> Bro's a furry. <laughs> I grew hair early on. What can I say? And uh, that's funny. But we, uh, we did like a live event there with VMT. And if you pulled in because it looked like like I must be Elvis based on crowd turnout but it's only because that's literally every conservative in Vermont there's like 500 of them like we couldn't have if they said we'll give you a bonus if you hit 501 we couldn't have hit the bonus so those jackets had, too I mean you look like Elvis that's another thing that's uh, Lincoln Lincoln was once asked at a Q&A in Reno I brought my son on stage in Reno because I'm a quality dad and uh, a guy asked uh, asked me how he would stop Gavin Newsom from overwhelming his town with gay people. This was the man's theory. <laughs> he okay. asked that to your son? Well, he asked it to the crowd because it's a live Q&A. And Lincoln goes, have you seen his jacket, sir? I'm pretty sure he's the reason they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> would 
that kind of timing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's good. Man. He's got listen. I the love D- it. the DNA he has. Oh, yeah, it's all Jenny. God, it actually looks Thank just like you too. Uh, the Link Man. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be scorned left and right. I kid, I kid. Uh, you guys, what a fantastic power hour of radio. That's oh, the best. And we're all still kind of employed. No, congrats so, to so you guys. So proud to know you. Bro. Well, this I can't wait awesome. to have you guys on the awesome. show. Did that sound sincere? I'm never booked. No, I'm kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> uh, Walling in Austin, uh, go hit the kiss and cry room to check the gymnastic scores. Ryan Reese batting leadoff when we come back on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are fired up. It's a big hour. Fox Cross America, dare I say, an embarrassment of radio riches. Stacking the deck. Got an all-time favorite comedian, not just around the country, but around my backyard. Joining us here at the top of the hour. Uh, You will see an awful lot of this next, gentlemen, on a fantastic new show called Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. That's right. I'm a big, fat, arrogant TV star now. And joining me now to cash in on the steak and free drinks, I undoubtedly owe him for riding with me on this journey uh, for the duration of it. Ryan Reese, a guy I met back in comedy school on day one. Hey, Ryan Reese. Wow. Look at us. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Big, big day. Few have done more with 63 Nassau Community College credits. <laughs> Heads are spinning. And if I can't be a commencement speaker at Nassau Community by now, because I've never gotten the invite. You, you need a statue on the old campus. <laughs> It's no right now. I I don't even I I I can't say the last time I was there, but uh, I feel like we're within our rights as alumni of Long Island schools to be represented in some capacity. I mean, and because we're good stories, we didn't go to class, we didn't get good grades, but we were liked by teachers and and students and faculty a lot alike because we're decent people, and we've we've gone a long way in life. You've covered all three: television, radio, film. Done. It's over. Do you want to know what my, my, and I was thrown out of Mrs. Weiss's class. Are you ready for this? Third grade. Thrown out, though. This is not proud of this. Third grade, I said, I, <laughs> I said, when I grow up, I'm going to have a radio show, a TV show, and I'm going to bang Daisy Duke. Now, I'm two for three. Catherine Bach not returning my calls, but I plan on trying her during the commercials. Jenny, I'm kidding if you're listening. Did I meet her at the special? No, Catherine Bach is the dude. No, the ha- teacher. Oh, no, that's Mrs. Germano, fourth grade, who loves me, who I'm going to make come to the premiere. Okay. And I got to find Mrs. Pascana who in fifth grade was like, you should watch The Tonight Show. You could host one of those shows. I was like, oh, come on, Mrs. Pascal. But she was right. So I, I mean, I got to track her down. And she was right about a lot of things. She's like, you'll never get hired in this industry, this industry, this industry. But that industry, she got one right. So chalk up a win for the Levittown School District is what I say as we get underway in this hour, Ryan Reese. How you doing, man? It's, I'm doing great. This is amazing. You know how many nights we sat in diners at like 4 a.m. being like, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> when does that happen? Don't worry. But uh, listen. And I always say, like, the run's coming. You're on the list. The run. But you're, you're, on the li- you're on the inside. Everybody on the list has been contacted. Everybody on the list has a copy of the press release. Promises made, promises kept. So I guess this is my next question. Should I get into politics now? I'm kidding. I would never. <laughs> Jenny just drove the car off the road. I, I said, like, it's, it's, you know, I need a purpose. I mean, this is the, my whole point of being alive was to get one of these shows. Now I have one. Obviously, I got to do it, make it great. But, I mean, what, you, I guess you got to set a new goal, don't you? What else do you want? For real? Yeah. 
Have you ever seen Raquel Welch? No, I'm kidding. Stop it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. I kid. Jenny, I love you, baby. She's not listening. She shut this off a long time. She's, come on. But uh, Ryan Reese is in studio. We're talking about this show. We're talking about my new show. But we, I wanted Ryan on today to talk comedy specifically because although my Fox News special is dropping today on Fox Nation, Jimmy Fallon, they're just jokes. Hey, girl. Ryan, actually a part of the special, blew out the room and then brought me on stage. How about it? Um, Dave Chappelle is catching blowback once again. Because he opened his new special, The Dreamer, with comments about the trans community. I love the bit so much because it's done perfectly. So here it is really quick for everybody listening at home. Chappelle opens by telling a story about how he loved Ace Ventura and thought Jim Carrey was really talented. And one day a buddy invited him to go to the set of a Jim Carrey movie. Norm MacDonald. Yeah, Norm MacDonald invited him, the late great Norm MacDonald, invited him to go to Man on the Moon and meet Jim Carrey. But unbeknownst to him, when he got there, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman never broke character. So you had to address him as Andy Kaufman. And he goes, and the whole time I'm sitting there talking to him as Andy Kaufman, I know I'm talking to Jim Carrey. He goes, that's how I feel about trans people. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really well-crafted joke. And it crushed in the room. Of course it did. That's the jury. And jokes are opinions. They're not hate crimes. They're not calls to action. And the bigger point that needs to be made again and again and again is that special is on demand. The only way you saw that joke is if you demanded to see it. Like a French king. Bring me my comedian now. That's the only way you can see it. Yeah. Now you. Yeah. Now your special's on demand. Oh, is it ever? Jimmy Fallon, they're just jokes. It's on Fox Nation. Uh, you can also And a book. That's coming out January 30th, uh, Cancel Culture Dictionary, and it is a winner. I'm, I'm heavily sandwich boarding, you guys, but I have been here on the air for three years, never sold you anything other than the false belief that I'm a good radio host. But you know what? It's, you're all in. You're three years in now. You can't bail on me now, people. I can't. But, uh, Ryan, I think what's happening, because as you notice, there isn't a protest outside Netflix headquarters right now. There was for his last special. Yeah, it's true. Which was funny because his last special, he was like, you know, trans community is a little too sensitive. They responded with a boycott. Mm. Doesn't that kind of make him his point? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I feel like instead of boycotting, they've actually gone into comedy themselves now. Yeah. They're, like, they're, <laughs> they're just they're, in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're like, just like, yeah. Well, now instead of they're running the military. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're going to get us. They're playing a long game here. We're going to have a big problem. But uh, no, the joke is that I think... I think we finally, like, we're coming of age as comics now that we've got our hands on this big, giant Fox News media platform uh, where we actually have, like, popular sovereignty or at least, you know, public opinion on the side of the comedians now. Don't you think comedians are winning again? I think it's swinging the other way. I think yeah. people want to hear uh, jokes again. I think they're they're like, okay, we get it. There's a reason to consider other people's feelings, but we still get to talk. Yep, and that's what I think it is. I think that... We've figured out that the people who are the militant, outrage people, we don't like them. Meaning if there was no comedian to get mad at, we still wouldn't like these people. You dig? It's not them protesting Dave Chappelle that gets us to go, I don't like you. And that's not me taking a shot at the trans community because a lot of people in the trans community, including the face of the trans community, Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. who Whoa. is made fun of extensively <laughs> in my stand-up special. Why? Because she can take a joke. And that's the whole point. This is not about a specific group of people. It's about a mindset. The mindset that tries to treat jokes as hate crimes is the worst thing for society. But do you, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. Do you think the people that are very, uh, uh, you know, like uh, very, very liberal and they're very um, progressive, do you think that they actually believe that? 
Mm-hmm. All right, so let me, here's yeah, here, I, saw, me. I saw a, a uh-huh. guy comedian trying to hit on a very liberal female comedian the other night, and he was he thought it was so funny. He thought he was giving her a compliment because mm-hmm. he was trying to respect her opinions. And uh, the topic of transition came up, and he was he was being sincere, and he said, "No, uh, no, I th- you, I think you'd be like a really handsome guy." And I just oh. saw I saw her face melt because <laughs> whatever her beliefs are, yeah. no woman wants to be told you'd be a handsome man. <laughs> oh no! And away we went. Oh, talking to Ryan Reese, but yeah, I, I don't deny you that it's contentious, but I think that. When you think of what we're living through right now in the world, it's actually pretty good right now. You know what I mean? It's super convenient with phones, technology, the immediacy of everything. We all have personal chauffeurs now because of Uber and Lyft. We all have one-man news networks that revolve around us on social media. You know, we don't keep up with the Kardashians. We are the Kardashians. I would argue that anywhere in the country right now is just as good as New York City. Anywhere. The things that you could get in New York that you used to get in the 80s, you can get anywhere now. That used to be the joke here is we lived here because they didn't have nothing. Yeah. They have everything now. They have everything. Except what we have, which is, you know, thousands of syringe needles. (laughs) and They have a few by the underpass. But you basically have less of the riffraff. But the Internet and technology really did change the game. Like if you go to Ireland, the oldest stereotype in the world is like, you know, drink a lot of Guinness, but the food's terrible. Food was great in Ireland because here's a newsflash. It doesn't take anything for recipes to travel the world. And they have. And everybody who is in the market of tourism has improved their presentation drastically. But when it comes to settling the rest of the country, yeah, there's nothing that they don't have where Jenny grew up. That we do have here. We just have more volume here. No, no. Everything. I mean, like uh, Texas is, is doing better. Uh, you know, like um, Iowa is doing better. I was just in Tampa. I, I don't know that you're going to fix Tampa. I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's what it is. WHBO, turn it around, Ebor City. What's Ebor going City? on? Yeah, the improv. Great, great place. To uh, funny Bone, Funny Bone. Yeah, yeah, no, they're great. Uh, but I will tell you this. We're talking to Ryan Reese. That the thing people on the coast used to think made it great. They're like, wow, we got a million of the best Italian restaurants in the world. But you only go to three of them. You're not going to go to the million of them. You're not going to go to, you know, there's, you know there's, there are constraints to living. Uh, but the point is, we grew up here, and I really did grow up believing that the rest of the country wanted to live here. That's what I thought my whole life. And then I traveled the country, and they're like, you live where? I actually disagree. The rest of the country does want to live in New York, but that country is Mexico. <laughs> well, they're in luck. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, have, they really want to live here. They have taken over the Roosevelt Hotel. <laughs> they're here. Uh, they're hanging out. But uh, no, it's true. I grew up here being like, everybody's so jealous. But the truth is, the connotation people use to disparage, they say like, oh, the flyover states. Yeah. They're actually, uh, are they not having the best time? You do comedy on the road. Are they no, not having the absolute best home? No, it's great out there. Like, yeah. They got more land. Their food's actually pretty good. I know. Yeah. It's the other thing, too. I love when people, even when they bag on chain restaurants, chain restaurants don't succeed because people hate the food. You know what I'm saying? Chain restaurants are pretty good. You know, Especially yeah. outside of New York. Oh, yeah. McDonald's outside of New York is fantastic. Isn't it good? It's yeah. not overrun. No. And there's, <laughs> there's like a kid behind the counter who's actually happy to be there. <laughs> You walk into McDonald's on 96th Street, he's like, what the F you want? You're like, wait, what? I, I'm just fine. Welcome food. to McDonald's. I am authorized by the government to let you know I am on probation. Like, I just wanted a nugget. That's, could your child please stand more than 500 oh, no. feet from the bullpen <laughs> if I'm working it? That's where we live.
And we all talk about how, like, God, the rest of the country, bunch of dopes. The rest of the country, you guys are geniuses. That's why the show works. It's kind of targeted at you. Um, That's why the TV show is going to work. It's kind of targeted at you guys because you guys are in on the joke, man. You got space. You got affordable living. Lower taxes. Lower taxes, man. It's funny. I was talking to – I was in uh, West Palm two weeks ago, and uh, I went into a cigar shop in West Palm. It's really nice. Uh, The gentleman – uh, who owns a cigar the cigar shop, big Fox fan, so add hello. He's a gay, you know, nice guy, really nice. Um, but he owned six shops up here in Hoboken in Manhattan. And he said that his taxes on his business in Florida are like $800 a year. Oh, yeah. And he said he was paying $8,000 a month here on every one of his businesses. Think about that. So if you're trying to open a business, like get ahead, how the hell could you stay here? Unless you were walking in with, like, Amazon money. Yeah, you got to be a big chain or something. But think like about that. that. So Jeff Bezos walked in with Amazon money. And AOC was like, eat the rich. Get them out of here. And her district that would have had jobs paying $130,000 a year on average, gone to, like, a Carolina. I don't even know which one. I don't, maybe I don't know where they went. If somebody might know. They could correct me. But isn't like that's that stupid mindset that engulfs where we are is everything in here, because there's so many of us. And everything's a hassle. You get a subway, you got to get the cab, you got to hustle, you got to go where you go. We like convenience, but convenience of thought is so dangerous because the convenience of thought makes AOC popular here. Ah, oh, the rich are bad. They're screwing you. All right, let's get them. But the rich are the ones who create the jobs. I mean, that's the problem in California too, right? Yeah. Like the, I think it's, uh, was it 50% of the, the people pay all the taxes or something like that? Yeah. And now they're making them they're leave. Living, yeah. And you know what's so funny about that? Because the, the stat we always show on TV is like, look at all the U-Hauls leaving California. The people in the U-Hauls aren't the problem for California. You know what I mean? They're not th- – that tax base matters, but it's the people who are leaving in planes, you know? Yeah. In planes that are towing another plane with flashing light on the back that says my other plane is a Cessna. You know what I mean? Me and Ryan Reese are chopping it up. We take a quick break. We're back after this. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Tell that you're getting older based on how the drug dealers approach you when you're walking through Times Square in New York City. My first day at Fox, walking down 42nd, the guy's like, yo, brother, we got coke, we got smoke, we got weed. It's like, oh, whatever, yeah. I walked by yesterday, he's like, yo, we got Lipitor, we got Ozempic. You and your girl gonna sleep good tonight with these Breathe Right strips, player. I'm like... Wouldn't dating be better with Carfax? You know, you meet someone at the bar after the show. You're like, I want to buy you a drink. Show me the Carfax, you know? You're like, wow, you sure do have a lot of miles on this thing. Uh, Says here you've been rear-ended a couple of times. People used to get into my taxi at JFK International Airport and cry because they had made it into America. They would actually cry, like shaking with joy because they were here. And it was like the most powerful thing to witness because I could take them the long way and make like 300 extra bucks, you know? There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing clips from my new stand-up special. It's called They're Just Jokes. It is streaming on Fox Nation. Ryan Reese is here. He was a part of the taping. He has known me since the day I started out in comedy. Think about that. Day one. OG day one. Ryan Reese, day one. 
And we're coming back from commercial right now playing extra audio so I can take congratulatory calls from major media figures. You know, it's talking to Bill Hemmer, you know, the Sean Hannity's. We're like, hey, you got your own show. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But we're here. Well, we didn't we think we'd be here, though, don't we? We kind of were sociopathic enough to think we could do it. I, I did. I guess you have to. But yeah. like I said, I don't think our game plan of eating pastrami at 4 a.m. was supposed to leave <laughs> We didn't us. have the best business model. No, no, no. <laughs> You're saying we could have taken a more direct flight. Yes. There were too yeah. many connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I connected at a taxi garage for about eight years. Yes. <laughs> some some shady some telemarketing cool. connections. Uh, text wars. The text wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, college gigs. NACA conventions. That was the funniest thing. So I was at the Grand Old Opry for the Patriot Awards in uh, November and uh, on stage at the Opry to open the show. And the last time I had been there was with Lincoln in a kid carrier because we were going down to a NACA. Do you remember NACA, for you guys who don't know it, where colleges book their acts for the year? National Association of College Activities. Yes. So we were going down there as comics, like, in our 30s, mm. which, you know, you've aged out of colleges at, like, the age of 23. But you can keep working them if you have an act and you get by. But you have kind of aged out of them. Um, but we were down there scraping for work. And it was so funny to be back. Like, the yin, the yin and yang of that, Ryan. So I get down to National Patriot Awards, Grand Old Opry. You're on the, like, most famous stage in the world. In America, anyway, comes country music. And you stand on that star where, you know, everyone has, you know, sat there and, and sang. Dolly Parton, you know. Anybody like that, you can. Kenny Rogers, you know. I can only name three of them. Elvis? Elvis. You know, they're all there. Okay, stick with me. Okay, the next night, you're at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. You're in a strip mall with Ryan Reese and Representative Byron Donalds from Congress telling dirty jokes and doing Lord knows what people was, do when they get off work at the comedy club. Was that five thirty show? It was. It was very early. The thing about Naples is they like an early show. They like an early show. I've never done that before. No, neither have I. The I believe the late show was at seven thirty. Yeah, the late show, which is so fun. But you want to know something? I loved it because I can tell you here, based on all the time we've spent at Gotham, um, I just messaged Mazzilli the news. He's excited. But I can tell you that you know we've done shows that start at one thirty in the morning. Or like prom shows. Who was uh, 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 Rogan's guy? Oh, I know uh, you're talking about uh, uh, Joey Coco Diaz. Yeah, Joey Coco Diaz. Yeah, yeah. We oh. got we got hired to do that one thirty show, and they were like, "Listen, this audience is going to be animals." <laughs> and we're like, "What? <laughs> Three of you are going on stage. Two of you aren't coming out alive. Yeah, pretty much." But we're going to talk about what I consider to be the most debauched gig we've ever done. Ryan doesn't even remember the gig, and you actually don't. And you're so going to appreciate this memory because it's going to blow your mind. Uh, but we did something so debauched and it was so high level showbiz in terms of the level of stars we were performing. The actual biggest stars in the world we did a gig with. This is not like a, a making this up. You'd probably know it now. Uh, and I will walk you guys through that when we come back. Uh, and Tommy Lauren is checking in at some point right here on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, very much in a celebratory mood. And you can't legally throw a party in the state of New York or any state of that matter. I do believe in the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. You can't throw the party without Ryan Reese with me in studio. <laughs> but more importantly, Tommy Laren, who joins us now from the Outkick world. Tommy! 
Great to talk to you, and congratulations. Well-deserved. I'm very excited for you, and I'm wondering when you're going to finally have me on. Yes! On Saturday night. Yo! Because this has yet to happen, Jimmy. Now, let's jump in. Okay, let's have a conversation. Me and you. Uh, I won't name the third gentleman, because I don't know if you remember who was standing with us. I certainly do. But we were having a conversation in Nashville about comedy in this channel. And I said to you, dude, I'm telling you, things are happening, and you better be a part of them. Do you remember me telling you that, or were you drunk? No, I remember, and I think that was uh, over by the area of the hot chicken and other. (laughs) (laughs) Why you got to out the fat guy, Tommy? Why you got to out the fat guy? <laughs> yeah, so we, we definitely it was taking place over by the food line. I remember it vividly, mm-hmm. and I will never forget it. So I'm going to hold you to it. Oh no, no, you better be there. Like the whole brand of this show, just so you understand, it's just like the radio show that you're so great on. Um, is we're just the cool kids. We're just having a good time. Like we talk about politics. We're obviously very passionate, but we're fun. We're not like you know, we're not look. We're not trying to fight anybody or cancel anybody. So I am excited to show off even more of your cool. How about that? So on a scale from 1 to 10, how nervous do you think media relations is that you have your own show? (laughs) Well, actually, I can't even ask them because three of them just resigned. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) They're all leaving. Two took a UPS job. Uh, One is just out. No, I don't know. But uh, I will say this. Uh, They, um, in the process of building out this show just the way they did my stand-up special, they really did be like, just do what you want. You know where the line is. And that was it. They got out of the way. Like my stand-up special, right? It's on Nation right now. Uh, they asked me what I wanted to cut. I was like, wait, what? That's not how this works. And they're like, no, no, whatever you want. And they just let it rip. So, Tommy, show up and throw the fastball. Fox News Saturday night might become uh, Fox News Sunday morning in a hurry, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. And, again, congratulations. Like I've told you for so long, even though you repeat your outfits, this is still a well-deserved <laughs> wow. accolade. <Yeah>. <laughs> Tommy, I love you, girlfriend. We'll be in touch, okay? Oh, I, I can't wait. All right, I'll see you soon. The great Tommy Lahren taking shots at the champ. Yeah. But well-deserved. Yeah, yeah they, want, they t- want you to get uh, too, too ahead of yourself. A lot of tough love from Tommy. I love Tommy Lahren. So here's the deal. She saw me one night. This is what happens. So look what I'm in right now. I'm in, like, these flashy custom Converse that I designed, by the way. They're not bad. So Nice, nice. They're like a jeans and a shirt. But because, like, say you're on TV three times in a day, I have what's called my travel jacket. Okay, so today I'm wearing like a gray, whatever the frick this is. Mm -hmm. And between TV hits, I walk around in this. But I never wear the same jacket on TV twice, meaning when I put on a sport coat, because it just changes the energy of the presentation. If you put on a new jacket, you feel a new energy. If you go on TV, like, you know, say yesterday I was on TV at 6 in the morning, and I was on again at 8 at night. If you're in the same outfit the whole time, doesn't it feel kind of grungy and not fresh? Yeah, I guess, but there's an argument to be made. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield never changed... Yeah, well, he's Rodney Dangerfield. He's also on a, a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> you know, he had a he was proving people wrong because he didn't get no respect. Like I've gotten a lot of respect here today, even if I didn't get it from Tommy. Uh, but stick with me, okay? I change a lot. She saw me in my travel jacket, meaning the jacket I wear between TV hits, and on I was on with Kill Me, and she's like, "You wore that jacket yesterday." And I was like, oh, no, I didn't, but I did technically wear it. But this is the kind of ribbing that would go on at Fox News behind the scenes when you're amongst all these big-name people. But I bring up the big-name people because I had promised our listeners before we went to to break, you and I have done a lot of terrible gigs. We could try to jog our brains of the worst ones. Um, Does anything jump out at you besides the one I'm going to get to? I'm just trying to think. I mean, we've done prom shows that shouldn't have happened. 
the 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 the, the corporate Christmas party that booked us for two years in oh, a row. Guys, me and Ryan did a corporate Christmas party. This is a great story. They would like Logitech. It was like the it was basically like one of those companies from the Office Space era. Yeah. Right. And they were having a daytime, day drunk Christmas party somewhere up the Hudson, not far. In theory, not far from here. Yeah. It being New York, 20 miles can take three and a half hours. And the second year they booked us, it did. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> so the first year we show up, gangbusters, everybody's drunk. Ryan just lights the place on fire. One table, one customer at a time. Every person there gets dunked on. They all love it. Do me, do me. They love it. I have a good set. We get out of there with a big win. Everyone happy. The way corporate Christmas parties and events do, no matter how good it goes, though, technically speaking, they actually never have you back. No, they shouldn't. They, yeah, because it's got to be new. There's got to be a sense of discovery. There can't be a built-in expectation. But because they were having us back a second year, which you really don't do, you guys, I'm just telling you this because I care, um, two things went wrong. One is, you know, the personnel had turned over a bit at the company. Mm-hmm. So there was an appetite of people who wanted Ryan and I to insult them for two hours. Uh, there was also now a significant portion of the audience <laughs> that didn't know this would be a thing. Uh-huh. Factor that in with the reality of living in New York and it being no, literally no fault of our own. We budgeted for a 30-minute ride, two hours, so we could get up there early, have a coffee, BS, gossip about showbiz. And it took us three hours for a 30-minute drive. So we now show up to this party an hour and a half late, and it truly through no fault of our own. New York just sucks. Half the crowd doesn't want what we're about to give them. The other half does, but the one common denominator is they've all been drinking for four hours. Complete blackout, yeah. <laughs> blackout drunk people. And uh, I do believe we bombed within like an inch of our lives. But the only dignity we left there with was the reality that there's no way any of them could have remembered it in the state they were in, No. I, I mean, they did uh, hire another comedian the next year through the same That's booking true. agency. But not us. <laughs> not us. You know, generally speaking, when a guy books you to an event, you know, you'll get a text at the end of the night like, so how'd it go? But they already know. They just want your take. We actually got a phone call that began with, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but hold on. Because in terms of performance logistics, we can tell that story a hundred times in a lot of different venues, whether you were in a firehouse or an event, whatever it was. Knights of Columbus. I've, Knights of Columbus. Uh, we've done comedy in you know venues where you're just not supposed to do it is the reality. When you start out in stand-up, okay, the way to get stage time is to create a stage. So you start producing shows in non-comedy venues. You go to a local Italian place. Hey, how would you like to have a comedy night? And now you do comedy ambush shows. People who thought they were going to be eating spaghetti peacefully are now in the front row of a stand-up show with 25 comedians who have no act. And a guy, maybe a little act at the beginning, but one after the other. A no cavalry, act and a lot of confidence. And a lot of confidence. And they're going to talk to you through your whole meal and destroy your <laughs> night. And we have ruined more Italian spaghetti dinners in the tri-state era than I think anybody in the history of comedy. Um, so those are called comedy ambush shows. And then you produce open mics where you just let other comics get on stage and you provide an audience for each other. And uh, we did that at the Gershwin. We did a, an open mic called The Blitz where we'd put on 55 people and we'd give each comic a minute. You come up for a minute, bring up the next comic, bring up the next comic, and it just became a cool hang. And what was awesome is I hosted it. It was my show. I would open by bringing on the first comic and then I would drive to Atlantic City because I had a gambling problem. 
And I would go play blackjack through all hours of the night, some wayward open mic female or God knows what. But, you know, the nice thing about saying this story on the show that I'm sure my wife is listening to is if you knew me at the time, I was a lot more into the blackjack than the women. And if you knew the women, you'd know why. (laughs) (laughs) That open mic ended at like 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 in the morning, and I was still playing blackjack while the girl I was with was upstairs watching TV alone. But anyway, Ryan Reese is here. We're talking about rough gigs. But the point is, it's a story of perseverance. We wanted to do this. We met at a comedy school 20 years ago. The holy grail of showbiz is to get your own show with your own name on it. Me and Ryan got one, man. I don't know how. I don't know why. But we believed somewhere in the back of our head that we wanted to. And we did the work. And we're here. And you'll see Ryan all over the show. You'll see all my friends. But now that we're talking about big name stars, Ryan, we have to talk about NBC's Red Nose Day. Do you remember this gig? How can you forget it? <laughs> you guys. You're going to love this. So NBC does a good thing for charity. Uh, I believe it's an event that took off over in Europe. Is that fair? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And it was – you celebrities put on a red nose, like a clown nose for the yeah. day. They raise all kind of money for charity. It's a great cause. Ryan, the warm-up comic for Seth Meyers. We're, we're invested. We're honored to be a part of this thing, and we should be because it's a well-intended event with a lot of well-intended – major celebrities, like David Duchovny at the time. I got to tell you, one of the hardest challenges I've ever had as a comedian was I was on stage when David Duchovny was coming out to set up his set, and everyone saw what his ass looked like in a pair of jeans and let out screeches. I was one of them. I was screeching. I was, I was checking him out. I mean, he looked incredible. But I believe you were on stage, and they were lowering Gwyneth Paltrow from the ceiling. Is that how it went? Yeah, it was either Gwyneth or uh, Chris Helmsworth, but it was someone very, very attractive. <laughs> very attractive. And, and uh, they, 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 so they were practicing for the gag when me, I came back from commercial. Yeah, so let me explain to them how this works. Okay, so for this benevolent event, they're bringing in comedians not to be a part of the show. We're not on TV, okay? <laughs> Just let me make this very clear. We're not a part of Red Nose Day. Our job is to entertain the audience during commercial breaks so they can set up the new celebrity thing. Like, at one point, I believe Beyonce sang a duet with, like, Kermit the Frog. Mm -hmm. It was either her or Ed Sheeran, but it was that level of celebrity. Okay? And Ryan's job, my job, is to be on stage during the commercial break trying to do stand-up to a room full of screeching people who want nothing to do with you. And we're just motoring through material. But, you know, you're doing well enough. But the point is, there's a signal when they come back from break, and you've got to get out of there. Okay? So as Ryan and I are there, we the night opens with us in a green room that is a actual, it's like an Oscars after party. It would be a Vanity Fair level after party. But it was, it was still tiny. Like yeah. We were shoulder to shoulder. With we were people. in a green room smaller than this studio with like a hundred of the most famous people who've ever lived. Okay. And they all know each other and they're happy to see each other. They're not quite sure if we're pickpockets. If <laughs> <laughs> we're like plain clothes security, but we don't look with it enough to no. have a military background. Uh, real white trash in the corner. Uh, and we're there doing our thing and we basically get dragged out onto the stage and now have the joy of trying to get laughs. It's the Hammerstein boy ballroom, probably like 5,000 people, none of whom want to see us know who we are and know what we're there to do. And these are like the coolest gigs in the world because of who you're there with, but simultaneously the most soul crushing because the line between them and you is so vast. I mean, the here to there that I encountered this greatest, probably I could say this is one of my best three moments of my career. So John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp, okay, is going to be coming back from commercial and playing Pink Houses, 
okay, by ain't that America, that thing, okay? And that's, so this is my segment to go out, distract the audience, and Mellencamp comes on when we come back from commercial. So the guy who has, like, the big hand that waves to you to get off the stage, I was doing crowd work. I just completely don't see it. To, in, to my defense, I just don't see it. And again, you're on stage in front of 5,000 people. There's a lot of distractions. Celebrities are parachuting in. Crowds are screaming. People are beaming in on video screens. And I just hear the opening guitar lick to Pink Houses, which is, you know that thing? Ain't that America? That whole thing. And instinctively, I'm like, we're back. And I jump off the stage, just jump in the air with nowhere to land other than on a fat lady. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill her. I didn't injure her. But it would have been a much bigger story if I did. And I laid there on the ground with her like, are you okay? Oh, my God, are you okay? And we laid on our backs and watched him sing Pink Houses. <laughs> and it was like the greatest moment of my career because it was like John Mellencamp from the Scarecrow album, something you watched on MTV in the 80s a thousand times. And then I remember going back there at the end of the show. Seth did his set. I remember watching like Mellencamp and Gwyneth Paltrow were BSing backstage, and we were just like sitting in the shadows I, look, in theory, it makes sense. Uh, like, yeah, we'll have the comedian entertain the audience while we set up the new celebrity. They don't consider that the audience can see everything. It doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care about the comedian. Move, stupid. Get I want to see Gwyneth. Get out of the way. Ryan and I started. We, did you ever do 50-50 shows at the strip clubs? Yeah, yeah. Tens, tens used to have. Oh, mm-hmm. right, you did that one. Tens used to have uh, when Giuliani rezoned the city in order to have a cabaret license, they had to make the strip clubs half-performing arts. So they had strippers on one stage, comedians on the other, because it was cheap to produce. And my first few sets of tens, I was on stage with a naked woman on the stage next to me. Nobody's looking at you. But as you know, over time, you get good enough at this that people start looking at you. Imagine how demoralized you are as a comic. Now, times that by a million when the stripper's the one not getting looked at. Yeah. (laughs) The adversity overcome, Ryan. Uh, That's the point. And I know you guys aren't all doing stand-up at a strip club right now. Uh, or you're not competing with an audience's attention while Gwyneth Paltrow repels from the ceiling and the crowd goes wild. Or Duchovny's ass. Or David Duchovny, which i got to be honest, man. David Duchovny's ass, and it changed my life. I mean, he's, he was put together, that guy. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the gag, because it was like really pronounced. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he was just walking on stage. Like, the yeah. whole gag was his ass. Yeah, yeah. And they were setting it up. And like... <laughs> The gag was his Yeah, ass. yeah, and it was like impossible. It's like, Duchovny's ass is right there. How am I supposed <laughs> to tell jokes? Nothing. But the point is we, we, we left that event, at least one of us did, believing we were a step closer. <laughs> I just remember we went to dinner afterwards. So I was like, we got, we got some food. This is the point, guys. You can do anything you want in this country if you're just crazy enough to go for it. That's the point. Quick break. We're back after this. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things... You shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America. Josh bringing us back on Pink Houses. Oh, I just got a message. Tony Camacho wants you to call him. <laughs> Ryan Reese is dropping names of people who've booked us through the years on terrible gigs. Tony Camacho booked me on the worst gig of my life. You want to know what it was? Yeah. I was playing a club called Hilarities, and I met an Ohio girl named Jenny oh. on her birthday. <laughs> Wound up marrying her. Good God. Roadkill. 
I kid, Jenny Phil. I love you. Uh, Ryan Reese is in studio. We are spiking the football. It's a victory lap. I'm taking uh, this multimedia tour to the Sean Hannity show tonight uh, at 9 o'clock. I have to formally th- – I, I probably owe him money. I mean, he's done a lot for me. Do you think he's going to put the bite on me? I what, ask for a cut? <laughs> he wants to wet his beak. He wants a you piece. know the Sopranos? I got to wet my beak. You, you got gotta, to kick upstairs? Is that, that, yeah. <laughs> What a day. And uh, if you listen to the show for the last three years, like you, you actually own, you know, like when they build a new ball field, you can buy a brick in the stadium. Everybody listening owns a brick in the stadium. Like totally. Cause that's the hook of the show. It's like, they just took like a regular dude and Fox figured it out. They're like, Hey, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And they were like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. Everybody gets it. They just hang out and let him not know what he's doing. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's fun, but whatever, you know, people get it and it works, Ryan. We did it. You're here. This is you're, this is the start of a new mountain. I know. We're, this is, we're supposed to go drinking now, and i gotta make, I got to do a bunch of interviews. Yeah, no, that's over for you. <laughs> Not in public anyway, right? No, no, no. All right, guys, so here's the rule going forward. I'm never, I will never change. Same old, little old me. Okay, I meet all of you. If you've met me at airports, you've met me at dog tracks, you've met me at grocery stores. The other night, I was pumping gas in Pennsylvania, 2 in the morning, and this guy goes, is that Lincoln Fela? And recognized Lincoln and came over, and I was like, oh, he's like, hey, is your dad here? I'm like, hey, man. Yeah, well, we're buddies. Okay. The only rule going forward is all, all of the welcoming privileges you guys have as shareholders in the show will never change. But you have to tell me when you see me immediately. Don't be weird. I'm happy to meet you. Hey, man, tell me. And just say hello, and let's max out our time together. Don't do that thing where I've drank in the airport chilies for three hours, and then you come up and say hello because I, I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> Oh, I was just thinking uh, that that diner in uh, Levittown. Oh, oh man, no. the night we shot my stand-up special, when it was all over, I'm talking like three, four in the morning. Me, Ryan, and Jenny sit down, and sitting down next to us is a super fan who is now there for the meal, and we can't get him out because he owns the joint. It was a hostage situation. There was a line of people to meet you. But tonight we have broken free. Fox Across America, the team nobody wants to play on the radio. Now the team nobody wants to play on the TV. Look out, world. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.